الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاه والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم واما من خاف مقام ربه ونهى النفس عن الهوى فان الجنه هي الماوى صدق الله العظيم most respected students of deen mothers and sisters last week we had discussed a little bit about the prescription that will enable us to overcome the haram desires and help us to subdue the nafs because the greatest challenge that we generally seem to face nowadays is the challenge of temptations the challenge of all the desires that people seem to fall into headlong and which is taking us to destruction destruction in dunya and destruction in the akhirat allah taala protect us and save us and enable us to get onto that path which will be the path of success for this dunya also and more importantly that it will be the path of success for the everlasting life of the hereafter that we reach jannat safely and that to jannatul firdaus is where we want to get to that we do not have any problems in between that we do not go through the process of nauzubillah jahannam so in any case the ilaj and the prescription to overcome all these desires and these temptations and whatever else goes along with it we discussed last week that the consciousness of allah tabaraka wa taala the remembrance of death the consciousness of the accountability on the day of qiyamah this is the major aspect that we need to develop in our lives in our hearts to the extent that we become conscious of allah taala to the extent that we become conscious of the accountability on the day of qiyamah and to the extent that we are conscious of death then inshallah we will be saved from sin inshallah we will be able to subdue those desires and subdue those temptations the temptations and the desires are what shaitan and nafs keep uh, putting into our hearts whispering into us and by means of this their only objective is to destroy us in the hadith sharif nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam says that your worst enemy is within you the worst enemy within you is our nafs and regarding shaitan also allah taala has declared openly in the quran sharif inna shaitana lakum aduwun fattakhiduhu aduwa that shaitan is your enemy so treat him as an enemy so the point is that the quran sharif has already spelt it out to us that shaitan is an enemy nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam spelt it out to us that nafs is our worst enemy and these temptations these desires come only from nafs and shaitan so our enemies are not going to wish any good for us they are not going to draw us towards anything that's beneficial for us so we need to recognize this 
that these enemies are there to destroy us and therefore as the bait the bait is these temptations like a person who's out there to try and catch some fish so he puts some bait at the end of the hook and then we say he got caught like a fish just put onto the bait and the next thing it was roasting in the pan because it found that bait very tempting but now it's in the fire it's in the burning oil so likewise the temptations are the bait but behind that bait is a hook and when a person gets caught up in it then we say he got hooked and badly hooked and now he's trying to wriggle out of it it can't because it's hooked Allah Ta'ala protect us and save us from getting hooked onto all the temptations of nafs and shaitan because then sometimes that hook is so severe that it can't that we can't seem to wriggle out of it so nevertheless the ilaj and the prescription that we discussed was the consciousness of Allah Ta'ala the remembrance of akhirat the remembrance of the accountability on the day of qiyamah and obviously all this starts off with death that the akhirat starts off upon a person's passing away so that remembrance of death together with this is a further ilaj and this ilaj this prescription this remedy is mentioned in the surah of the quran sharif which we are all very very familiar with very short surah of the quran sharif and this is Suratul Asr. We are all familiar with Suratul Asr. We probably recite it very often in our salah because we are trying to get over it very quickly. It shouldn't be the case. The surahs that we recite in our salah, we may recite the shorter surahs, but recite them properly, correctly, with tajweed, and alternate the surahs. Yeah, some people say that every salah I recite the same surahs. And the same surahs, surah asr and surah kawsar, wal asri inna linsana lafi khusr and inna atina. Somebody says only qulyal kafirun qul wallahu ahad. And then maybe in the sunnats, there's four akads, then other the two short surahs, and that's the same surahs every salah. Now, there is no harm in reciting the same surah in principle because the Quran Sharif, every surah, every ayat is the word of Allah Ta'ala but what is our purpose in just reciting only the same very short surahs if the purpose is to now just quickly get done with something then that purpose and objective is wrong we should not be trying to just quickly get done with something it's fine we are performing a shorter salah we are not reciting very lengthy rakats. We are not reciting Surah Baqarah. Or fine, we are not even reciting maybe two pages in one rakat. But the, it should not be a, a chase, something that we are just rushing through just to get done with it. So therefore, we should alternate the surahs. Fine, decide from Surah Wadduha to Nas, different surahs in different rakats, different salah. But this too will increase the concentration in the salah. Sometimes in the first rakat we are reciting Wadduha, in the second rakat Surah Ikhlas, fine, no problem. Sometimes we are reciting Waladiyati Dabha, in the second rakat Surah Nas, fine. Both are short, 
how much longer is it going to take to recite Surah Adiyat and Surah Zilzal, Zilzalatil Ardu Zilzala? It will take another half a minute more, 45 seconds more, one minute more. But the one minute more, because now we are not reciting the same surahs in every salah, every rakat, we are alternating it, interchanging this surah in this rakat, this salah, next salah, some other surahs, from the shorter surahs, no problem. But by changing it repeatedly, it will keep the concentration better. And together with that, this mindset will break that I must just rush through it. I must just get done with it. Which is a very poor reflection of what importance we give to such a great matter, such a salah. Something so important, something so great like salah, and this is the manner that we treat it that we just want to get done with it, we want to have uh, the, uh, spend the minimum time in it, that is indeed very, very wrong. We shouldn't be doing it in that way. So therefore, this is something to do, that we keep interchanging the surahs, and plan beforehand, that now I'm starting this four akats, I'm going to read these four surahs. Now already the mind will be more alert, more conscious, and because we are not reading these surahs every day, we'll be more we, our concentration levels will be higher. So nevertheless, coming back to the discussion that we were having about the prescription for subduing these emotions. So this prescription is in Surah Al-Asr. In this Surah, Allah Ta'ala says, Wal-Asr, insana lafi khusr. Allah Ta'ala takes a qasam by time. Now time is the whole issue. For example now, in a few weeks time, we are already almost in the middle of November, and in another two weeks or so, two, two and a half weeks, everything will be winding down. And then will be the time, what time? The time of the holidays. So the whole issue is time now. That now everybody is looking forward to this time of the holidays. Fine, a person is looking forward to some time to relax, change the routine, that in itself is not a problem, but what kind of planning is taking place for this time? Many people plan in advance, December is coming. So what are they planning? They are planning all kinds of activities, where they are going to go, what they are going to do, but unfortunately, a lot of it is all centered around sin. Oh, venues of sin. A person says, no, I'm not going to get caught up in anything there, but I'm going there, it's very exciting. A lot of things are happening there. I'm going to buy something there. But we know the environment. Can anybody who has attended such venues, such environments, fairs, etc., or the beaches in the December month, for example, or any other busy time where there's people all over the place, it's not a secluded place, not that this is an ideal situation in any case, but especially in this time of the year, or in these kind of situations, or other public venues, public places, can anybody ever claim that he went in there and came back and his iman was at the same level? Forget getting any better. That his iman stayed at the same level. Nobody can make this claim. And if somebody makes a claim that he went to the fair, went to the beach and in the midst of those crowds, and came back with his iman level better, then, Bas Allah knows best, we can't make judgment on anybody's heart, 
but it is very very difficult to believe that very hard because when a person is surrounded by all kinds of vice and very negative environments that must impact on the heart and that must negatively affect the iman many a person went to these kind of places and venues and then suddenly they find a very steep decline in their amal in their dua in their tilawat many things just suddenly slip away often it is just because of being in that environment that environment impacts on the heart and then it's not a vacuum it's not that one good stopped and it'll just stay there when some good stops some wrong will take its place when the quran sharif tilawat stops something else will take its place and that something else will very often be something that is very harmful for our spiritual selves first we'll start off on what we might think is not a problem it's something okay not a issue but it's a issue it's a big issue and it will start affecting our iman it will affect our iman negatively so therefore this time is the big factor that how we are going to spend this time and therefore allah taala is taking a qasam on this time wal asr allah taala taking a qasam on something allah taala doesn't need to convince anybody allah taala is the most truthful woman asdaqu binallahi qila who can be more truthful than allah taala allah taala doesn't require to convince anyone allah taala takes a qasam on things to show its importance allah taala takes a qasam on time wal asr so the importance of time is being highlighted in here wal asr innal insana lafi khusr that every person is in a loss every person is in severe danger every person is in a loss except illa alladhina amanu wa amilus salihat except those who have iman and do righteous actions iman and righteous actions is not only iman iman and righteous actions so for that direct ticket to jannat iman and righteous actions iman will eventually take a person to jannat but without righteous actions allah forbid there could be a cleansing process that he has to go through so illa alladhina amanu wa amilu salihat and then allah taala says wa tawasaw bil haqq wa tawasaw bis sabr now this is that ilaj that we were speaking about <coughs> Allah Taala says, "Those who enjoin the good on one another, now they are also excluded from the loss. So the people who are not in a loss have four qualities in them: they have iman, they have amal salihah, righteous deeds, and watawa sawbil haq, watawa sawbil sabr. They enjoin the right. They encourage one another. This is what we should do. These are the things we should be engaged in. These are the things we." should not involve ourselves in so they enjoying the right and in that is also included is in enjoying the right the forbidding the evil comes away within that as well so this is part of that ilaj as well that enjoying the right forbidding the evil to the extent that a person will be inviting others towards what is right and forbidding others from what is wrong to that extent one will also become firm on what is right and become 
distant from what is wrong. This is a very, very effective ilaj. Now we want to stay away from going to such venues which are wrong, which are evil, which are sinful, which are detrimental for iman or any other such situation. Then the very effective ilaj for that or rather the method to stay away is that from now, especially regarding this holiday time, so now people are already planning all kinds of things, from now we start encouraging others, those at home, our friends, our classmates, whoever it is, in a nice way, in a very good manner, in a humble way, without making ourselves proud, without feeling ourselves to be somebody better, but in a very good, nice way, in a humble manner, we encourage others that this holiday time is coming, it's free time, but we should not become free from the commands of Allah Ta'ala. It might be free time in the sense that there is no madrasa, but we are never free to do what we want. We are always the slaves of Allah Ta'ala. Whether it is in madrasa or out of madrasa, whether it is the weak end or the strong end. Many people say, I get very weak in the weekend. The weekend comes and I become very weak. No, we have to stay strong in the weak end also. And the strong end also. Every end, we must be strong. We must be strong in our iman. Strong in our amal. Strong in our akhlaq. Strong in staying far away from the disobedience of Allah Ta'ala. So now how will this come about? What will help us? This enjoining the right and forbidding the evil. To the extent that we will engage in this in a nice way, encourage others. Talk about the harms of going to certain environments, the harms of going to certain places, the impact that this will have on one's iman, how people got misled when they went to certain programs which were conducted by people who were far away from deen, and what kind of doubts came in their minds and how they just dis- started sliding away from the path of haq. Now we talk about it. We discuss it with those who are close to us, with those at home, those in our class, our friends. It doesn't have to be any long bayan we give anybody. But we just mention some, it might be just one minute we said something, half a minute we said something. But every now and again, we are saying something in that line. We are encouraging the correct dressing. We are discouraging the wrong way, the wrong dressing. We are discouraging such dressing which is not conducive to haya. We are discouraging that kind of dressing which emulates the West, imitates the West. We are encouraging the dressing that keeps the haya. Now when a person will engage in this enjoining of the right and forbidding the evil, it will become very much easier to subdue the nafs. Now when the nafs is going to trouble everybody, the nafs is going to incite anyone and everyone. But when this person will be incited by that nafs, just as he was discouraging others from the wrong, he'll be able to inshallah easily discourage himself from the wrong. His conscience will now hurt him that I was talking to others, I was telling others that we mustn't do this, mustn't do that, don't go to this place, don't go to that place, and rather do this and do that. Now what am I doing? Where am I going to? 
why am I falling into the wrongs that I was stopping others from? So now a person who is conscious of this, person who is doing this regularly, who is uh, inviting people towards righteousness, stopping people from wrong, in a nice way, but in a very humble way, and without ever regarding ourselves as better than the next person. The person who is doing something wrong, he's doing wrong, that's wrong, we can't condone it. And perhaps we might be safe from that wrong. Alhamdulillah, that's Allah Ta'ala's grace. So the wrong is wrong, we will not condone it. We will not say that the wrong is right. We will pass judgment on the, on the deed. We can pass judgment on the deed because if something is haram, it's haram. We'll pass that judgment. Allah Ta'ala has passed that judgment. If somebody is gambling, we'll say it's wrong, it's haram. If somebody is drinking, it's haram. If somebody is taking intoxicants, it's haram. Somebody is making ghibat, it's haram. So we'll pass judgment on that action. That that action is haram. But the person, we will still regard the person as better than us. Because we have no idea that this one wrong the person has, which I am saved from, alhamdulillah, Allah Ta'ala gives the other person the tawfiq also to stay away from it. <coughs> but there might be so many other good things in this person, which I don't possess. I'm not aware of it. Now, there are some positives, some negatives. When the person does the balance sheet, so now sometimes there's some debits, there's some credits, there's some negatives, there's some positives, there's some profit, there's some loss, but the sum total sometimes, with all the profit and loss, the sum total was a profit. And on the other side, the next person, the sum total was a loss. There were some profits made also, but there was so much lost elsewhere that the sum total was a loss. Allah forbid, we must not be that we because of our pride. We are looking down on others. We fall in such a deep loss that despite all the other good things we may have done, but the sum total is a loss. Whereas on the other side, that person might be doing something wrong, it's wrong, 100% wrong. But there might be so many other good things in that person due to which the sum total is still a profit. Now that is Allah Ta'ala's prerogative, it's up to Allah Ta'ala to take the person to task for that wrong as well or to forgive it. But the sum total is that person is in a profit and we are in a loss. So we can't make that call now that we are better than anybody. We can never do that. We will only know if we are better than somebody the day we reach Jannah safely. So for now, we cannot make the judgment on any person. But the judgment on the deeds, on the actions that we will make. Allah Ta'ala has declared something haram. Nabi Islam has declared something haram. Then we will say it's haram. We will say that's wrong. We will say that's evil. So in any case, the more we engage in this inviting towards what is right, encouraging people towards what is right, and we stay away from what is wrong, we discourage others from what is wrong. To the extent we will do this, we will get strengthened. And those temptations that come, we will be able to subdue it, inshallah, with the fuzzle of Allah Ta'ala. But this is the process, which Allah Ta'ala has placed this effect in this, Amar bil ma'roof and nahyan al munkar. And as much as we engage in this, we will find the good coming for us. So this is the one aspect that has been mentioned in this ayat of the Quran Sharif. 
And then the second thing that is mentioned is وَتَوَاسَوْبِ sabr. So one is enjoining the right, enjoining the haq on one another. Each one is encouraging the other. Tawasaw, meaning all parties, both people are engaging in this good. We are saying it to somebody, somebody is saying it to us also. We are encouraging somebody else, they are encouraging us. We are discouraging somebody from the wrong, from the sins, they are discouraging us also from the sins. We should give nasihat, we should take nasihat also. And together with that is what the sabr. And they enjoin sabr and patience. The person who has sabr, that person will be able to stay away from haram. The person who has sabr will be able to subdue the temptations. So there is sabr involved. The person who has got sabr will be able to bear whatever comes in the heart, but keep the gaze low. They won't look at something Allah Ta'ala is displeased with. But in order to do this, sabr is required. So to the extent that the person has the sabr, to that extent he will be able to do it. And if the sabr is missing, the person will say, I can't bear this feeling, I must do it. So the person goes headlong into that, what he shouldn't do. The person has got sabr, they'll be able to hold their tongue. Now, if the sabr is not there, they'll just blurt out anything. The sabr is not there, the person will make ribad, the person will lie, the person will uh, speak all kinds of wrong. But the sabr is there, now there's an urge to say something, but it's not correct. It's not the right thing to say. It is going to cause a problem, it's going to cause harm, it's going to take people in the wrong direction. So now the person who got sabr will withhold himself. He will hold back. That no, I can't say this. The urge is there to say it, but I won't say it. The urge is there to look in this direction, but I won't look. The urge is there to go to a certain place, but I won't go. Yes, there is a bitter gulp sometimes to take, I'll take that bitter gulp. That's the sabr. But that bitter gulp will bring a very sweet ending. Sabr is sometimes a bitter gulp. But this bitter gulp has a very sweet ending. So to the extent that a person has built and developed this sabr, the person will be able to overcome the temptations. The temptations, shaitan and nafs are going to keep inciting keep whispering all kinds of things in our hearts. The way to overcome this is this ilaj that the Qur'an Sharif has given us. We invite others towards righteousness and we enjoin one another on sabr. There was a very great personality. One person came to him and he said that I... I have this problem. Zuhar Salah, I just don't end up going for Zuhar Salah. I can't seem to close my business at the time of Zuhar. And as a result, I miss my Salah sometimes. Sometimes I just make it in the shop, haphazardly, whatever. How do I overcome this? So, the person he asked for advice from, he told him, all you do is now, you see, who else is in your vicinity, other shops, he says, well, no, all, a lot of Muslim shops, Muslim businessmen all around. 
He says, you keep passing by the shops every now and then. So whenever you pass by, whenever you see them, you encourage them that, look, we should all close our shops and go for salah. It's Zohar Salah, we should all close our shops and go for Salah. He said, but I'm not doing it. He said, you carry on inviting others. So any case now, he was feeling a bit awkward now that he knows he's not going, but now he's telling others, he started saying it to others. So one day, two days, and others now are listening to him quietly, but they also know that what this person is up to, that he himself is not going. But by the third, fourth day, when he carried on advising others, it suddenly struck him a little deeper that I am telling others now that we should be going to the masjid for salah but I am not going myself so I must go. So by the fourth, fifth day he already started going. Now, the person who advised him didn't tell him anything about you must go whereas that was the case, he must go. But he brought him onto something that made him himself make that decision that I must go. Now what was it? It was simply advising others, encouraging them, telling them that look, this is what we should be doing. Now that encouragement to others became a means of strengthening him. Now that desire was in him to remain in his shop, not to close it, to remain there, serve some customers, do whatever it is, that desire was there. But by inviting others to do this, to close their businesses and go for salah, now the desire was still there, but it became easy for him to subdue it. It came, became easy for him to overcome that nafs. What was the ilaj? Simply this, that he was now going around and telling others. So outwardly it seemed like, what is going to be achieved out of this? It's just one of those things, now I'm going to talk to somebody else and tell him this and that, but where is this going to take me? It will take you a very far way. It will take you way ahead. But many of these things which are very simple, we always are looking for something very, very complicated, something very fancy, something that looks very, very uh, high-flying, and something that seems very low, simple to us, it seems very, very plain to us, we say, no, this can't be anything. What's going to happen with this? Whereas that is the beauty of our deen. There are such great prescriptions the Qur'an Sharif has given us <coughs> which are so simple so easy hardly any effort involved no real difficulty involved but these are very effective remedies all is required for us is to take it wholeheartedly but we are looking at the surface of it and thinking well what are we going to achieve out of this the Qur'an Sharif has given us a prescription how can we even doubt one iota of this and have any kind of thoughts about what is going to be the benefit, there's 101% benefit in it. But if somebody takes it, then he'll get the benefit. And if somebody is going to be in doubt, he's going to lose out. Somebody is going to be questioning it, then he's going to do his own harm. So therefore, we need to focus on these ilaj that the Quran Sharif has given us, and we need to apply them to the extent that we apply these remedies, to the extent that we apply these prescriptions of the Qur'an and Sunnah, to that extent we will then achieve the benefit, and this will save us from the severe harms of all these temptations, the severe harms of falling into these temptations, the harms that come in dunya also, and the harms that are in the akhirat. Allah Ta'ala protect us and save us. There are so many situations, so many incidents that are coming every day, every other day of 
marriage is breaking, hardly a month or two has passed, people just got married, two, three months, five months, and those marriages are breaking. Why? Because people were caught up in those temptations from before the marriage, and they were so deep into those things, they stopped after the nikah, that now I must I go change my life. So a few weeks, one, two weeks before they got married, suddenly they changed everything, they stopped everything, one week after they stopped everything also, one month after maybe, but those old habits were not yet rectified. It was just an emergency stop for the sake of now because a person is getting married. But because those temptations were being fed all the time, so it was now just like a holding a wild horse back. We didn't train the horse. We just only just tied it somewhere. But now that wild horse is still a wild horse. So now it finally breaks free from that because it's jumping wildly still inside. And then now as a result... Each one is getting a shock. That husband is getting a shock sometimes. That wife is getting a shock sometimes. What kind of person this is? And what kind of things this person is getting involved in? Sometimes the husband is getting a shock. Sometimes the wife is getting a shock. And as a result, those marriages are breaking. So we need to become conscious of this and bring this nafs under control, subdue these temptations, and inshallah we'll see the benefit that will come to us in this very dunya. And obviously the main place that we will benefit and we will gain the enjoyment of it is the Akhirat. This world is a very temporary place. December will come and go. December will go just now very shortly. But Allah forbid if we fell into those temptations of December, the, the problem that will ensue won't go away just so easily. December will tick, tick away. In short time it will be gone. But that short time we didn't make sabr, Allah forbid we might land ourselves in long time misery. We land ourselves in long time hardship and difficulties. So it is a little bit of while, a short while that you have to make this sabr. And inshallah we'll see the benefit of it for a long long time and in the akhirat as well. May Allah wa ta'ala give us a tawfiq that we totally submit ourselves to Allah wa ta'ala. We trample these nafs, we trample these haram temptations, we trample these haram desires and inshallah will progress tremendously in this dunya also, and will be blessed with inshallah the everlasting bounties of Jannat. May Allah tabarak wa ta'ala give one and all the tawfiq, Allah ta'ala make us his true and obedient servants at every moment of our life. Wa akhiru da'wana anil hamdulillahi rabbil alameen. اللهم لك الحمد كله ولك الشكر كله اللهم لا نحصي ثناء عليك أنت كما أثنيت على نفسك جزا الله عنا نبينا محمدا صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله اللهم افتح لنا بالخير واختم لنا بالخير واجعل عواقب أمورنا بالخير بيدك الخير إنك على كل شيء قدير اللهم اغفر لأمة سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم اللهم ارحم أمة سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم اللهم اهد أمة سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم اللهم اهدنا واهد بنا وجعلنا سببا لمن اهتدى اللهم اهد الناس جميعا اللهم اهد الناس جميعا اللهم اهد الناس جميعا اللهم اجعلنا هداة مهتدين غير ضالين ولا مضلين اللهم انا نسألك من خير ما سألك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحبه اجمعين والحمد لله رب